on this week's show. In form and feeling positive, we hear from Craig Wanderers boss Neil Smith. Just trying to grow a whole football club rather than just managing a team. So it's been uh, it's been a really eventful eight months since I've been here, but uh, you know I'm loving every minute. A big task on his hands, but he's confident for the future. New Faversham Town boss Sammy Moore tells us why he decided to move to Salters Lane. I've enjoyed every minute of it. It's good to be back home, and like I say, I've always had a little soft spot for for Faversham. And, you know, it's, it's a good club with good people. And great news off the field for Hollands and Blair. Chairman Paul Bigot tells us all about it. You know, now we've got this uh, new agreement, this new lease. It's, um, it's given us a home for the next 10 years, which is, which is great news. And it just gives the club a little bit of stability. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. Uh, as I said to Matt earlier this week, this is my sort of show. Three interviews, three different divisions, and very, very different sorts of stories as well. We hope you enjoy what we're about to cobble together for you. Uh, as always, I'm John Phipps, who attended an event this week. One of the attractions was fake snow, which definitely was more spectacular before there was loads of the real stuff on the ground. And on the line now is a man who's going to see if his Tunbridge prediction from last week is on the money a lot sooner than expected. It is, of course, Matthew Gerrard. How are you, mate? Not bad, mate. Not bad at all. Yes, I'm a little bit disappointed because we record this Wednesday night and there's going to be no football now, apart from Sunday, on the telly. I've really enjoyed my evenings coming home from work, sitting down because it's too cold to go anywhere watching the football. So, yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed the World Cup's coming to a, a close, really. So, um, I'll have to start maybe talking to the wife. Probably she'll have to start talking to me because all I've done is plonk myself in front of the telly watching football for the last two weeks after I or two weeks after I've come back. So, um, yes, yeah, yeah, I'm good though. Again, it's nearly close to Christmas, was it? Ten days now, is it? Yeah, coming up ten days. So, uh, doesn't seem like Christmas because the football's been on, but maybe when that finishes, everybody will sort of get more into the Christmas spirit. Yeah, well, we certainly had the uh, the Christmas weather, didn't we? Although you've just told me that you didn't have any snow. No, we didn't have any snow around here. It's been very, very um, uh, cold, but um, in Thanet, uh, hasn't been cold. And because we take the dog out really early in the mornings, to be fair, it hasn't been that cold in the mornings either, but it's just cold. Because I'm a tight ass and I don't want to put the heating on because it will probably bankrupt me. You know, when you if you don't put it on, your house can't get warm, can it? You know, I think if you when you have the heating on for like four hours, like the normal, when you could afford to do it, your house gets into that sort of habit of getting warm. Yeah. But as we're not putting it on, it's just bloody cold all the time. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, we had I had quite a bit of snow. Uh, I actually very nearly got stuck got stuck in London, uh, thanks to the lovely people at a well-known train operating company that operates the trains in the southeastern area. You can probably guess their name. Um, so basically, I um, because of the snow started to fall uh, in London, and on Sundays, very complicated situation with the trains. Uh, but because of the, I normally park at Tunbridge Wells. Uh, but on a Sunday, there's an hour where there's no trains between uh, back to Tunbridge Wells. And that normally that hour kind of falls in the time that I'm leaving work. So the last couple of Sundays, I've started parking at Seven Oaks because you can park at the station and it's only a pound to park on Sundays. So it's only on Sundays that I do this. So looking out the window and seeing the snow and knowing that there was snow down in Kent, work very generously let me go just before eight o'clock. So I marched on over to the station and uh, there was a train there and it said this and it said this was the train that was going to go to to Seven Oaks and Tunbridge Wells, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, got on the train and sat there for a bit. And they said, yeah, we don't know when the train's going. Then another train was due in that was going to Seven Oaks, but slightly 
long many people trip. on these trains they're packed because they right. were because they weren't moving um right. so they, they, there was another train that was supposed to be going to seven oaks so i went and got on that one as soon as i got on it they went this train's not going anywhere um so i was like well on the other one at least i had a seat so i went back over and sat in exactly the same seat and was just sat there and then the train completely filled up and we just sat there and my phone battery was dying i was down to about about 14 percent of my phone battery and i was just sat there and i was thinking well, what am i going to do what am i going to do like sure they're going to move this train soon after an hour of me being sat there uh, they put an, a, a message saying if you're going to orpington or seven oaks which are the first two stops on that train head over to victoria because we don't know when we're going to be moving and there are trains running to seven oaks and orpington from victoria so i got off the train ran down onto the underground got over to victoria uh, discovered that there was a Thameslink train that was heading to Seven Oaks and it was leaving in five minutes. So I got on it, and rather than taking 25 minutes to get to Seven Oaks, it took me an hour and five minutes, I think it was, to get to Seven Oaks. Uh, but when I got to Seven Oaks, and this train was packed, when I got to Seven Oaks, none of the trains from London Bridge had left. And by all accounts, those trains were still stuck up there. Um, I got back to the car at Seven Oaks and it was covered in thick snow. Um, so that was a, a, a an interesting one. The, the car park hadn't been uh, gritted at all. So getting out of that was a little bit dicey. But fortunately, once I got on the roads, they were absolutely fine. Uh, and I only had to go as far as Tunbridge Wells. So I was actually, uh, it only took me about 35 minutes to get to Tunbridge Wells from getting off the train. Um, but I still left the office at eight o'clock and the office is outside London Bridge Station. And I got to Tunbridge Wells at half past 11. That was some adventure. And then obviously uh, Monday, there was a little bit more snow, but not lots. Uh, and then when I got back to Eastbourne on Monday night, it had snowed quite a bit down here as well. So um, and I don't know what it is. You know, it's really hard with the trains and everything. Obviously, today the trains are on strike. Um, having read into it and read things posted by a friend of the show, Daniel Story on social media, I actually completely have solidarity with the train uh, staff that are on strikes this week. I, the, the idea of making trains driver only, I think, is absolutely appalling. But Southeastern were an absolute disgrace on Sunday night. And it's not the first time. And I don't understand why they spend forever making engineering works. And yet these trains never bloody run on time, do they? <laughs> Again, I, I very yeah, rarely use the, um, the train system. Um, but when we have been, it's a, it's a bit of a um Sham, when we tried to go to the theatre, they cancelled for the week before and we had to drive. So, well, you know, I, I feel for the uh, um, people. So, you know, I, I'm power to the people. People want to strike. Good luck to them. So, but yeah, again, it's just one of those things. Anything in the country, this country, the little bit of snow, the country absolutely grinds to a halt. So, um, yeah, I think it's more the state of this country rather than anything else, to be honest. Absolutely. I'll tell you, walking back from uh, from Seven Oaks Station to my car as well, I was slip sliding all over the place. I was some sort of iffy penguin. So that was uh, uh-huh. that was good fun as well. But I managed to survive uh, and all is good. Anyway, I've ranted on about that for long enough. It's our 237th episode this week. And that led me to an album called 237 by Yunk Vino. Now, I like to listen to these things so that you don't have to. And well, when it started, I thought I'd heard it before, but it turns out I hadn't. Uh, it was a very standard rap track uh, with vocals that had actually been auto-tuned to such a level that it was unpleasant. Uh, I bet the kids like it, though. Uh, it also took me to a documentary called Room 237, which is about The Shining, the film. 
Uh, you may remember from 20 shows ago that I actually mentioned this. Uh, in the book of The Shining, there is a room 217, which is part of the story. But in the film, it became 237 because Timberline Lodge, where it was filmed, has a room 217. And they feared that future guests would not want to stay in it for fear of, well, The Shining. Uh, but yeah, 237. We're, we're motoring through. So we're nearly at 250, mate. Well, that's quite amazing, isn't it? When we got to 10, I was impressed. So we're... We're still going 2022 and it'll be 2023. So the sixth year coming up. So um, and we're play, still getting plenty of stories, John. So uh, there must be there must be some legs in this. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm the sort of person who starts something and then it get, and then it goes on for a little bit. And I'm like, oh, no, I've had enough of this. But we've done 237 of these bloody things. It must be all right. Uh, and yes, yeah, so we do still uh, very much enjoy bringing you the Kent Nolly podcast every week. And as Matt says, plenty of different stories. And you're going to hear some now. So let's start. Uh, in a week of call-offs with a manager whose side did play at the weekend and they won in some style as well. Craig Wanderers completed a record-breaking first half of the season with a 5-1 win over Haringey Borough. Never before have the ones lost as few games as they have at the halfway stage and they sit just a couple of points outside the playoff spots. This is the first time we've caught up with Neil Smith so far this season. He spoke to Matt earlier today. Yeah, it's been fantastic. You know, it's, it's more than we expected um, after taking over um, the club you know, in a in relegation fight, uh, going right up until the last game of the season and someone scoring a goal and going, you know, staying up on goal difference to be where we are is is unbelievable, you know, and uh, beyond our wildest dreams. But it's been a tough pre-season trying to find players because did have to obviously change it all around. And, um, you know, even, even now, you know, your you players come and go and uh, it's a real... Weird experience after coming from a professional outfit like Bromley where you, you sign your players and you know who you've got every week to Friday before a game, you lose two players because they've had to go back to their parent club and you haven't got time to sort of find two players to replace them and, you you, you know, you're, you're banking on your, your young players to come in and do a job for you. So it is difficult, but yeah, really, really pleased with how the boys have uh, quiet themselves at, the, at this stage of the season. Again, if you'd had been relegated um, last season and say you, you stayed up on goal difference, w- would you have stayed on? Again, you don't have to answer that question. Yeah, I've literally just spoken to someone now. You know, the project really excited me. There were, you know, I'm not going to lie, there were other clubs um, in higher divisions that sort of were interested and, and spoken to, but it was the whole project of setting up a club, you know, hopefully building a new stadium, setting up an academy, which we've done this year. That seems to be going okay at the moment, Touchwood, and just trying to grow a whole football club rather than just managing a team. So it's been uh, it's been a really eventful um, eight months since I've been here. But uh, you know, I'm loving every minute. The, the board, the directors, the chairman are very supportive, and um, you know, hopefully, I'm repaying that in some sort of way. What what is the turnaround? Because we know this is a tough division that he's moved on the edge of the playoffs. Is it just um, better players? Is that the easiest way of describing it? Yeah, obviously, you know, training's two nights a week, so the, the, the clubs that have probably been together for a few years have kept their team, you know, over the last two or three seasons, so that they know each other. Um, so, you know, they've, they've obviously got the reputation in this division, so players want to go to that sort of club as well. You know, we, we were a club that just beat relegation, so trying to bring a player in, um, you have to sell them the dream of, you know, we are moving into a new stadium, we want to do this, and you're selling them a pathway to to wanting to where they want to be 
Whereas the clubs that are already in there and established, your, your, your Horn Church, your Bishop Stalfords, your Enfields that are always in, in the playoffs, it's an easier sell for them. So it was, it was difficult. And as I say, the, the pre-season and the amount of players I was speaking to was uh, was immense and um, very tiring. But I'm hoping that we sort of put ourselves in a, in a good place this season. So for next season, obviously recruiting players and keeping players that I want to keep for next season um, is a little bit easier. A question we always have, who has the power these days? Is it the clubs or the players? Um, the players always, because, you know, this this division, you know, money isn't extortionate, but there are better payers than, than there are um, not, not so good payers. But uh, you just hope the player wants to come for the right reason. And, and, and that's why I always try and meet the players before I, I do any sort of signing or, you know, I want to get a feel that they're coming here because they want to play for a club. They want to play for myself. They want to play uh, for their teammates as well. So I, I, I get a good feel with... If they want to come here for money, then it's the wrong club. You know, I, I want to try and the younger kids that we've had come through as well. I want to try and establish them and make them better, better players. So if they do leave, they go higher up in divisions and not just you know in the in the same division. But you know, it is it is difficult. You there is a lot of talking, and you know, and the, the real funny thing is some of them have agents, and I don't get how you have an agent at this sort of level. Um, but that that's what you're dealing with with some of these kids at the moment. But um, it is it is. Um, I've been there. I thought I thought I'd moved away from it, but I've gone back to it now. And um, you know, you're moving back in the circles where when I first walked into Bromley as well. So it's something I've been experienced with. And um, you know, I'm, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying being back in football. This time last year, I was just going around doing a bit of radio commentary and watching games with no sort of passion to who wins or who loses. Where I found that passion back now. I want to win every game, and um, you know, right through to the end of the season. You got you say you got a mixture of experience, Sam Wood, Anthony Cook, and you've had those. They mentioned the players from Bromley, who've, you know, on the um, you know on the edge of their of their first team as well. You mentioned how difficult was that to lose those players because you know they've got good reputations. Really difficult, you know. Kellen was um, was just coming back from suspension, so Saturday would have been his first game back. Uh, ben Crowhouse, you know, and I'm, I knew both of them at fifteen, sixteen when they come into the academy at Bromley. So I'd had them in with the first team. Um, beforehand so I, I knew them as players they're very good players they've got a fantastic uh, appetite to try and improve as well and they, and they come in and they did a fantastic job for us and, you know and we appreciate Bromley for allowing us to have him um, but yeah getting that call on the, on the Friday um, to take him back you know was was difficult because you're obviously playing a, a team on the Friday um well, Thursday night for, for myself and then Friday morning to get the call to say they, they, they'd gone back was a, was a difficult one and you just hope that you've got the experienced players like you're saying the Sam Woods the Anthony Cooks in there the Dan Bassett and you know they, they pulled together and made sure we got a result which on Sunday was, was, was amazing you know with, with, with losing the three players because um, I'd also lost Michael um, Adimney uh, to Faversham um, so it was, it was difficult but you know, the players pull through, they know the situation and we got a great result on Sunday. Do you have to look to replace those players or can they come back in the future? I've spoken to Bromley and they're quite happy to, to let us have them back. But again, you've got to wait for Bromley to release them. So in the meantime, yeah, we are looking for other players. I'm hoping to have acquired one um, by tomorrow, maybe two by the end of uh, the week. But um, again, with, with the situation it is at the moment, until they sign and they're over the line, you know, you haven't got them. Yeah, so this weekend you're home to Billericay, one of the sides you you know you lost four games all season in the opening twenty one. Um you lost them on the opening day of the season. 
they're a few points behind you, but it'll be a, a decent game because they were one of the sides expected to be up there this season. Oh, undoubtedly. You know, we played the first game of the season, and we, and we said on the you know on the day this would be a good test because these are you know they're, they're an established side in the Conference South. Um, they are a club with, with fantastic ambitions, a fantastic setup down there, and um, you know we lost two one to them. It was a very tight game. You know, we come away disappointed that we'd lost. Uh, because of the way the goals come about, but we were a brand new team, and we'd, we'd said then, you know, that that was a good marker for us, and you know, a good foundation that we can compete with these these sides like Billericay, and um, you know, they, they they've had some up and down results, a bit like everybody in the division apart from the top couple. Uh, so we know it's going to be difficult. They are, as I say, they've got a fantastic squad of players, and they've got a good manager in, in Dan, and um, you know, we we don't expect anything other than a really tough game. But uh, you know, the boys, I think we've lost one in. 12 so you know we're going into it with a bit of confidence and especially after Sunday but we, we do know it's going to be a difficult game and we're ready for it I, I was going to say you, know, you go into the busy Christmas period but you've only got two games at Christmas one on Boxing Day and one on the second so are you surprised the league hasn't sort of given you more games yeah well I, I, I was only saying the other day you know blimey used to just before Christmas played Boxing Day used to play on the 28th then it was New Year's Day so yeah so the, the Christmas festive season isn't as busy as what it, it normally is but um, for us it probably works you know we play probably play the game more so it gives us a, you know a, a little bit of time um, to recharge but hopefully the players um, obviously aren't working as well over that Christmas period so you know whereas before I'm picking getting players coming in training after a full day's work you know working on a site or working in the school they might have that little bit of rest so it gives us a chance to sort of regroup uh, go through some training um, patterns and Hopefully, bring it to the fore when we play. Obviously, Margate on the on Boxing Day as well after Billericay. You mentioned about the new ground as well. What's the uh, process going on through with that at the moment? Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just at the training ground now, and I'm looking outside. It's full of snow. There's there's a, there's a few cranes out there, and I'm hoping that they are going to get it done. But you know, I've, I've, I've spoken to the owners, and um, they, they they tell me that it, come January they'll be starting on it, even if it's just to put a pitch and a, and a few little stands around to to. So to hopefully give give Cray a home. You know they are called the Wanderers, and uh, for, for obvious reasons. But uh, they need a home. They need somewhere where they can call their own. And hopefully, as I say, you know build a, a fan base that is is Cray Wanderers based, um, and not you know fans of other clubs that are just going to their local club. So hopefully, in the area that we've got, we've got a lot of houses around. And uh, as I say, the youth setup is fantastic. We've set up the academy. I want to set up a reserve side and I want to set up a pathway for Cray Wanderers from, from youth to first team. And, um, you know, to do that, you, you are going to need your own ground. When is the plane? Is it, you know, a couple of years away yet still? Or do you think? Well, you know, I'm, I'm hoping, <laughs> as again, as a manager, I'm yeah. hoping it's the beginning of next season. But uh, who knows? Who knows? You know, it's been something that's been spoken about for a little while now. And, uh, you know, I think they, I think they're ready to go. Uh, I think they're, you know, in every in every way, shape, or form, other than the, the fact that they've got that pitch done. So I know, I know Gary very well, and he's, he's he's determined to try and get it done as soon as he can. So if it's the end of the yeah, beginning of next season, great. If it's the season after, I'm ready to go. But in in the meantime, I've got to try and build a club for him to move into this ground. Well, he sounds very upbeat there, doesn't he, Matt? And it's going very well for him, isn't it? Well, yeah, early doors training or an academy that's gone on there. I suppose the biggest thing on that, you know, what a good job he's done because they stayed up, as you said, on that from could have been relegated. Um, 
And as he said, Neil Smith is a good manager and I'm sure he's proven at Cray, which is difficult when you haven't got your own ground and you're getting greats of 150, that you can attract players in. Um, and there's no reason why they can't be in and around the players before the end of the season. I think they're having a great season. But as he said, if they don't grow up this season, the base is that when they move to the ground, they've got a base to move on from there. So, yeah, as always, Neil Smith is a good manager. We've sort of thought, you know, he could probably do better than Cray. No disrespect to Cray, but I think he's a, a loyal man, um, knows the people, trusts the people, uh, and uh, he's doing a really good job there. It was very interesting, actually, his comments about the ground, where he basically said, you know, if we get one stand up and it's acceptable for the level, they'll just move in there. And, and I think that's that's really key. And, and it was a very, very interesting point about that, because, you know, we've heard so much about the Cray Wanderers Stadium plans and everything like that and their hopes uh, to get it all built. And, and I think that that's that's a, a, a crucial thing. As he said there, you know, we want to be making our own fame, fan base in the area where we are. And, and, and you know, Cray itself or the area where they're from, it is a, there's not another team sort of around there. So they can really start getting in there and getting into that community and building from the from the bottom up. And and you can tell in his voice, he's very, very excited by that project, isn't he? Yeah, I, I think um, really when he was at Bromley, you look at where Bromley were now than they were five years ago. It's a totally different club the, from there. And he, and, he, and he started that. And I think he deserves a lot of success for keeping them in the National League getting them to Wembley the first time. So, and I think if anybody can build a club, build an academy, and more importantly, do a job with the community, it's probably Neil Smith because he's that sort of character that people will warm to. Um, and, and I'm sure Cray, if they can get the ground going, you know, I don't know what's happening, you know, he seems pretty confident it might not be next season, but it could be the season after. Once that process goes, they could be a, a club, with Neil at the helm, that can go forward. Yeah, and I think it's interesting as well that, you know, having Neil Smith with his contacts and the reputation that he's got for using players, you know, you look at the players that he's got in on loan and where they're coming from, you know, he gets players from Bromley, uh, he's got uh, Sodgiers from Leighton Orient, you know, these players, I think clubs know that if they send them to a Neil Smith team, they're, they're in a safe hands, aren't they? Well, yeah, I think he can be trusted. Um Again, Bromley, interesting that Bromley will send the players back to him when they, when uh, their injury problems um, have gone. Yeah, I, I think he's a, he's a well-respected character in the game. Um, and I think he, he's doing a really good job at Cray. And, and again, he's probably one of the nicest men in the world. He didn't have to take a call from me at quarter to nine this morning, but he did. But again, that enthusiasm rubs off. His enthusiasm will surely rub off on the players of Cray. And, that, and again... With the experienced players I've got, Sam Cook, as I mentioned, uh, Sam Wood and Anthony Cook, um, a really good season for them. But it must be tough when you're going to play the games at Bromley when you get only 150. It shows such a good job when there's a lot of teams in that league, particularly higher than them, who get better gates and have got their own ground. Yeah, I was hoping Harrison Sodger, by the way, was going to be the son of one of the, the, the famous ones, but apparently he's the son of one of their cousins. Close enough, though. Uh, impressive. And, and you know, it's interesting when you're saying about the player turnover and, and having to build a squad from scratch. And, and, you know, a lot of people have done that. But Neil Smith is is, is obviously in, he's enjoying the challenge, isn't he? I, I think that's the, most, that's the thing that's come over from there. He's always infectious. He always loves his football, but he's enjoying the challenge. Yeah, again, they say this. He um, he's a football man, isn't he, Neil Smith? So, as I say, he said he he could have taken bigger jobs, but the project to Cray, building the club, 
There's no reason why he came to Mr. Bromley, didn't he, really, after a while, that he could come Mr. Cray if he can get them up and, you know, arguably they're punching above their weight now. If they if he can get them going in, in the higher league, that so shows a, what a really good manager he is. So, yeah, I'm delighted for him as well, back in the game. Yeah, absolutely. Only one other game survived for our sides in that division this week. Uh, but it was well done all to folks in the victor, not only for getting the game on, but also for a much-needed win as they beat Bognor Regis Town 4-1. Uh, they're closer in points now to the playoff spots in the drop zone. Uh, big relief for Michael Everett and Roland Edge to get that win, Matt. The perfect fillet for them ahead of their winnable FA Trophy clash against Leeson this weekend as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to Folkestone this weekend um, before this, so I am going to Folkestone-Leeston. So, yeah, Folkestone's home form always has been good over the last couple of years. So, fantastic to get that game on. And it was a one o'clock kickoff. So, um, uh, certain clubs had a struggle to get games on, didn't they? So, good for them. They're good at home. Um, just need to sort their away form out. But yeah, we thought they would do it a little bit better. But as you say, go on a bit of a run now, win two or three on the spin. You could be on, on the outskirts of the playoff. And that's what the, the new managerial team uh, will be looking at. And I look forward to seeing how they've got against Leeston this weekend. Because, hey, they had a great run of the FA Trophy last year. Great run of the FA Cup. Kearney's a bit of a cup side there, folks. And um, there's no reason I, can't, I haven't seen where Leeston are in the league. But I see no reason why they can't um, cause a shot. Well, beat Leeston and hopefully draw another big side in the uh, trophy in the next round. I think Leeson are at the same level, aren't they? So it's certainly... Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, yeah, so I don't know getting on. So I'm sure yeah. I've seen Leeson at Margate before. So um, um, Suffolk way, isn't it, Leeston? It is in Suffolk, yeah, yes. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, yeah, they, so they have called, been in the Isthmian League before, so they're, they're one of those ones that are signed kind of on yeah. the peripheries, but they're in the Southern League. Yeah, so uh, our fingers crossed. But folks, and, you know, always, you know, they score goals, folks, then, don't they? So defensively, they've been a little bit patchy this season. So uh, it should be a good game against Leeds. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, uh, as we've already heard, Cray Wanderers host Billericay on Saturday. Uh, Herne Bay also at home to Potter's Bar. Margate travel to Kingstonian uh, before Gate are at home on Tuesday night when Hastings United are the visitors. Uh, just two games survived in the Eastman League South East on Saturday. Ashford beaten 1-0 at home by VCD Athletic, while Chatham continued their perfect home record with victory over Lansing. A week on off, though, was probably good news for our next interviewee, who in a couple of weeks since his appointment at bottom of the table, Faversham Town, has only managed one game so far. Uh, Sammy Moore swapped Potter's Bar Town for Salters Lane, and I got up with him this week to find out why. Listen, it's, uh, it's a good club with good people, um, you know, good ambition. Um, yeah, so it's obviously uh, it's going to be a difficult job. We understand that. And we understood that when, you know, we had, uh, we had the, we had the uh, initial chats. Um, but yeah, we've 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 only had one game and one training session, so we've had to identify quickly in terms of what we need um, to drag us out of the uh, the bottom two. Um, but yeah, listen, it's, uh, it's I've enjoyed every minute of it. It's good to be back home, and like I say, I've always had a little soft spot for for Faversham. Obviously, uh, you know, being there myself and watch games and and stuff, and you know, it's, it's a good club with good people. Obviously, people, a lot of people looked and said, you know, you were at Potter's Bar and, and you've gone to Fabrice from big change. But I understand coming home was, was the big thing for you. Yeah, definitely. You know, well, I've been away all my career. So as a player and, and as obviously a manager now, I've, I've had to travel a lot of distance, um, a lot of time away from the family. You know, I've got two girls and a wife um, that are very supportive. Um, you know, and they've, they've been to, to every home game I've had at, at various different clubs. And, you know, I think for, for a business point of view and obviously speaking to, to Darren as well, um, you know, I think it was a good time to come home. But it had to be the right club and the right fit. 
you know, and the right ambition and, and that to be a project behind it for us to, to us for us to come home. So, you know, I feel this is the perfect time um, and, and also the perfect club for us to, 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 get, to get our teeth into a project to, to try and move it, move it forward. You say a project, but I suppose the, the, the short-term gain is to get out of, of the problem that you're in at the bottom of the table. Yeah, that's it. That's your short-term aim. Obviously, you know it's it's, it's going to be it's going to be tough, and it's there's a real lack of belief and confidence within the squad, and we we uh, we we saw that on on the Saturday when we played Corinthians. Um, you know, we've done our best to try and be a little bit more harder to beat, and you know the goals column. You know, defensively, you know, hasn't been good enough, and they've got a lot, let a lot of goals in, and, and lost a lot of games. So we knew that we was coming into a very difficult situation. It's not a situation when you know we went to Potters Bar, we you know we was in trouble then, but we had a lot of lot of games in hand where we could could get ourselves out of trouble. This is this is totally different. There's a lot of teams that have got games in hand on us. Um, you know, we've got 21 games. So there's a lot of points to play for, um, but we need to try and get the players in and gel them as quickly as possible and get our ideas across. And that was important that I got my management team spot on. Um, you know, and I think we've done that. I think we've we've got some real good experience in that term, in terms of that. And you know, we've got all the ingredients to to, to stay up. Um, but listen, we know it's going to be a difficult challenge, and whether the damage is done. You know, the time will tell. But the one thing you'll get from us is that you'll get, you know, hard work, and uh, you know, we'll get better players in that, that can give us a real good fighting chance. You say there's a bit of a lack of a belief. Losing's a habit, isn't it? And I guess that's the, that's the biggest issue that you're probably facing right now. Yeah, listen, they they've, they've got in a rut. And uh, speaking to to to, the, to to most of the squad when we came in. You know, they, they haven't done much on shape or organisation. You know, they felt that, you know, they, they didn't really have an identity. So we knew straight away that we had to we had to put 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 that into place and, and sort of, you know, like I say, you've only got one night one night one night of training and we had a game. So we we, we thought we would learn a lot, come on the Saturday and we did and like I say, the boys done tremendously well to come back and, and show a bit of character. Um, but there is a lack of belief and a lack of a lack of confidence, and we need to try and change that mentality of the whole football club on and off the field, and 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 and, and turn these players into and just tell the players to go out and express themselves because they have got some good players, and we just got our job is to try and nurse them into in, into believing in themselves and expressing themselves, and come the Saturday, you know whatever's gone is gone in the past. You know we look forward to the future and. You know, we've made some good signings and signings that will help this group. How hard is it to sort of gel a new squad, and especially because a lot of the players are coming under the previous manager quite recently as well? So you, I guess you're trying to gel almost three things together at the moment. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Um, but, you know, the main thing is we, we've identified probably six or seven positions we need to strengthen in. Um, we've, managed to do, we've managed to do five of them. Um, and, and players that believed in believed in us to, as a management group, um, and also also as a, as a football club to move forward. Um, you know, the main the main aim is is to stay up, um, and, and like you say, it's, it's about getting getting on the training field and and uh, and doing a lot of shape, a lot of organisation with and without the ball. We haven't managed to do that because obviously the weather's has hindered that. But obviously friendlies tonight. Um, you know, we've got another friendly next week against Whitstable. Um, and like I say, you know, every time we step out on, onto a onto a grass pitch or an astro pitch, it's a, it's a chance to to improve. And 
that's that's something that we've we've we feel that you know we got good experience in that and we can help this current group um, as well as the new ones coming in to you know to gel really quickly and sort of hit the ground running. Uh, you've got a, a couple of tough fixtures coming up as well, Beckenham on Saturday and then Ashford on Boxing Day. So it's important that you, you find a, a formula, I suppose. Yeah, tough fixtures. Um, you know, the table doesn't lie. They're up there for a reason. Um, we went and watched Ashford on Saturday. Um, you know, we, we spoke to a few managers about Beckenham, but both strong, both good, got good quality players. But, you know, like I said to our boys, we've got to focus on what we do as a, as a football club rather than the opposition. Um we need to play to our strengths, and if we play to our strengths, we'll give them we'll give them both good games. We need points quickly. We know that um, we've identified where we need to to win games, what what points we need. The, the players are well, well aware of that. Um, so yeah, listen, they're two good games to, to test yourself against the best. And like I say, no no games in football are easy. You've got to earn the right. Um, you know, and the one thing you'll get out of my teams are hard work, a good desire. Um, you know, and a team that will go right to the end. You've said a couple of times about the project at Faversham was was why it was right for you. What were the long term aims at the club? Yeah, long term aim is, is is to get back to back promotions. Um, you know, we we got a three G going down the end of April, um, so you know there's there's going to be real good. You know, brings the youth together and people training at the club. There's going to be some good revenue there. Um, yeah, so the, the main aim is to, is to stay up and then look to look to kick on, and you know, no reason why we we can't be you know playing playing folks in 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 a year's time if we do stay up. Um, but yeah, that's that's the main aim: stay up and then try and get a couple of back to back promotions. It's a lovely little club, isn't it, Faversham? Yeah, listen, they're lovely people. Um, you know, my dad my dad grew up with uh, with Ray Leader and, and Mark Leader and. I was, I was, you know, I've been, been, been over there a lot of times, and they've always been really welcoming. You know, the club under Clive Walker, and and uh, I think uh, Ray Turner was 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 good times, and you know, they had a good good support there. This this club could be the biggest club in Kent, you know, in in time. It's going to take time, and it, it, you know, not, nothing happens overnight. But with the right foundations behind the scenes, with the right right the right mix on the field um you know with with us guys we feel that you know we're the, we're the perfect fit for them and, and 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 the same and the same the other way so this you know hopefully we can get the crowds up you know it's not easy when you've got to keep turning up and the team's losing um but you know i think there's a real buzz there now with us coming in you know making a few good signings that that people are going to enjoy watching um but also these signings are not just here for six months they're here for for longer than that so it's about building, building a culture, building a, building a team. Um, and like I say, it doesn't happen overnight. We know, we know the situation we're in. We knew that when we took the job. Um, so yeah, we listen. We, the one thing you'll get from us is we'll, we'll give our utmost for this football club day in, day out um, to, to try and make it better. And just finally, obviously, you've been manager of Hemel, we've been manager of Potters Bar. Is there any part of you that's missing the M25 and the Dartford Tunnel? Not at all. <laughs> uh, now, nah, listen, I'll leave me out. You know, we're going to Margate tonight. We've been to training. They'll normally have to leave me out at like three o'clock to go training. You know, you get stuck in the Dartford Tunnel. But uh, listen, they was all fantastic experiences and they, they were fantastic clubs that give me a real good, solid foundation in management. So, uh, you know, I'm really grateful for them for, for, for doing that. 
Um, but, you know, it was time to come home, you know, be closer to my family, so my, so my dad, my brother, you know, my wife and their kids, and obviously their mum and dads can, can, can come and watch. Um, and also, also, you know, working, working obviously in the, in the community down where I live, you know, for them guys to come and watch as well, and you know, bringing local sponsors on board to Fabisham as well is is a, is a key as well. So, now it's, it's exciting times. I'm really pleased to be back home. Um, you know, like I said, it was the right fit at the right time. You know, and a, and a club we look forward to to being with for, for many years. Well, it's great to get him on the show, Matt. He spoke very well there, and he's got high hopes for what he can achieve at Fabisham. He, he spoke very well there. Um, again. We said before he has had a few clubs recently, um, and maybe this is the club that he can settle down with. It's a bold statement that he can make favours in the biggest club in Kent, but fair play to him. You think big, you might have a, a a chance going forward on that. But yeah, yeah, it's an interesting job. It's a challenge for him. The three G going down. Um, we know Favisham can do well in this league as we did with Ray Turner. So the support it will be there if they do well. Um, he's bringing a few players in, and Neil Smith said he brought one in from um, Cray, didn't he? So, I'm oh, sure it'll be a big turnover of squads. As I said last week, it's a challenge because basically near enough halfway through the season, they're eight points adrift of staying up. Um, I presume if they finish second from the bottom, they go in the playoff. They would, wouldn't they? Uh, no, if they finish second from the bottom, they go down. Right, so no, basically, the, bo- the bottom two go go straight down, down, and then the next two are in the playoffs. Right, so he knows he's on for a, it's a bloody big challenge, but as we said last week, he, he look, has got a good record of turning clubs around. Um, I said it's a massive challenge for him, but I think he probably is a good manager. Um, he's got good people around him. Faversham could see the benefits of that. More sponsorship coming on. I'm sure, they'll be a little bit more professional from what he said there, but. I know all old, all new managers always critical of old managers if about shape or fitness and things like that. But so it's a it's a massive challenge, and if he can get out of it, um, fair play to him. I have to say he's got some tough games coming up, I think, as well. So um, yeah, I, I was you know I've, I've dealt with Sammy's, but he's been a summariser before for me on on the radio before, so I know him quite well. And uh, that's the best I've heard him talk, if you know what I mean, John. Coming across forceful, forthright. Um, do a good job. So um, I think I think he's got a chance if he can get the right players in and just get that confidence into the players. And clearly, um, getting confidence into the players is his first is his first challenge. I thought he was very honest actually when he, you know he said we know that this season is is going to be tough now. Yeah. Uh, and and also you know that he he said and I did say this last week so I wanted to say losing's a habit, isn't it? And and he kind of said you know this team is is short of belief. And he's going to be trying to merge players in. A lot of new players who've only been in the last few weeks and have lost every game they've played in. No, it's 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 a tricky situation for him. And full credit to him for, for having a go at it because he's still a young manager. He's got a little bit of a reputation. But as he said there, he's never managed in Kent before. He's kind of putting his reputation, his neck on the line a little bit. Um, well, massively, I'm massively. I don't think he'd want to be managing in the scaffold from managing the Conference South. So... Um... It'd be, again, a hell of a challenge if he could turn it around. But I, I think he's got a good chance. I think we've seen with Seven Oaks, the way that Seven Oaks went up the league. They just put a good run, run, of, run of results together. And it's the same thing for for both of the two at the bottom, Corinthian down there as well. 
if they can just get some results, then all of a sudden you start wheeling in the teams above you, don't you? And 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 then see people, when people start looking over their shoulders, they start to get a little bit nervous. And I don't see any reason why both of those teams can't actually get out of this. Just need to put a run of fixtures together. And, and you know, obviously Faversham are splashing the cash a little bit. They're getting in some good players, some some good names, players who've done very well at this level before. So as long as Sammy can get them gelling and get them playing the way that he wants them to play. And he kind of said there, didn't he? You know, he's gone into places before and done a bit of firefighting, maybe not as much as he's done as he's got to do here. But I think he's got the belief in himself that he can do this. And, you know, I'm sure he said, you know, he said there exactly what he wanted to say on, on this show. But I'm sure, you know, behind closed doors, he's saying other things to the players and probably demanding a little bit more of them saying you shouldn't be in this situation. Whereas here he was like, you know, it's going to be tough. Do you know what I mean? But I think he's... He's coming to this with his eyes wide open and it's actually refreshing to hear someone say the reason that he wanted to do it was for family reasons because he wanted to come home. And, you know, as I, as I said there in the very last question, do you miss the M25 and the Dartford time? Well, of course he bloody doesn't. No, again, they have put a few players in, a few players from a higher level. So clearly there is a little bit of money there. Um, but again, he's the kind of manager who brings in players that have played for him before. They Fraser Shaw's come in. He's been with him numerous clubs, so players he can trust. And maybe the position they're in, getting players in your trust, is, is the, probably the most important thing. Um, and yeah, yeah, as you say, big ambitions, Matt, with um, the 3G pitch going down and, and the claim we could be the biggest club in Kent. I mean, where they are geographically, they could be. You know, they've got they've got good good scope. They're kind of in the middle. And, and Swale is an area where it's crying out for a team to really put their hand up. And, and go on and, and really kick on. I mean, Sitting One have had their moments of being up there as well. But the, the, the kind of is the potential. All the time, Canterbury aren't there in, in Canterbury. You know, and, and we, they've got, there is an opportunity there. There is potential at Faversham. And hopefully for Sammy, he's the man who can unlock it. Yeah, again, I don't know what this means with um, the academy. I presume they want to get involved youth as well. Faversham strike force are linked in that. So maybe there could be a link up with that as well. But yeah, it's, it's a bold statement, but um, I think at the moment, um, I think the main thing is that they've got to try and stay up. Um, and he's got to, is he going to do it? I'll have to wait and see. But going on, as I said, we keep saying, going on previously, he normally has a good manager, new manager bounce. So he can get into that players and the coaching staff he's got. Um, I would have thought no stone will go unturned and um, there might be a bit of investment in there, but they're going to give it a hell of a go. Yes, as I said there, uh, home to Beckenham on Saturday. Uh, elsewhere, Cray Valley go to Burgess Hill. Corinthian are home to Three Bridges. Hythe head to East Grinstead. Ashford go to Lansing, a 2pm kickoff that one. Uh, Ramsgate host Chichester. Seven Oaks at home to Littlehampton. Sheppey take on Haywards Heath. Uh, it's VCD against Sittingbourne. And Chatham make the trip to Tropical Whitehawk. You might think I've mentioned it's grim at Whitehawk a lot. But trust me, if you've never been there, I'm not exaggerating. Three Bridges with Corinthian this week. No pressure on um, Corinthian this week. Have you seen... Three Bridges record this season, League Four record. No, go on. They've picked up 18 points from 15 games. In their seven home games, they've won six and lost one. So that means, John, you can work your maths out. In their eight away games, they've lost every single one. So we're not putting pressure on. No, no pressure at all. I'm 100% certain I'm not going to get any texts about that comment, am I? I know, but I've just but again, I'm sure. Um, I don't know how bizarre that one side could be so good at home and terrible away, but I'm sure Corinthians have done their homework and they'll um, pick up three points against them. 
Let's hope so. Uh, let's move into the scaffold now where five games survived in the Premier Division on Saturday. And you won't be surprised here, there were a fair few goals knocking about. Lords with 3-2 winners at K-Sports. Punjab United beat Canterbury by the same score. It was Rustall 2, Fisher 2. Irith and Belvedere won 2-0 at Stansfeld to move 20 points clear at the top and reach a half century of points. And Deal also victorious by the same score, 2-0, as they won at Whitstable. Off the pitch, though, there was good news for Hollands and Blair as the Gillingham Base Club signed a new 10-year lease to keep on playing at Star Meadow. Uh, great news for them. And earlier today, I spoke to Paul Piggott, the chairman, about what that means for the club. It means stability for the next 10 years, uh, in a nutshell. Because um, when you're a football club that um, only leases a ground, you know, uh, it doesn't own its own football ground, you, you know, you're always indebted to someone. Um but, you know, now we've got this uh, new agreement, this new lease. It's, um, you know, it's, it's, sorry, it's, give us, it's give us a home for the next 10 years, which is which is great news. And it just gives the club a little bit of stability. It's hard, isn't it, for a, for a club of your level? And you, and you need that stability. You need somewhere to call your own. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. I, know, I know we lease it and I know it's not theoretically ours. Um, we get on very well with the owners. And, uh, you know, we, we like to call it our home because, it, it, you know, it is. It's where we've been for the last 15, 15, 16 years. We've been there, you know, so it is, it is our home. Um, you know, so, yeah, no, it means a lot to us to uh, to strike this new deal. Uh, was it a, a complicated one or was it quite straightforward in the end? No, it's pretty straightforward. Um, you know, when, when the new owners come in um, and took over the project uh, and uh, rebuilding the ground, putting the new 3G down and, and all the terracing around it and doing all the rest of it, you know, they said from day one that, yeah, you know, there was you know, discussions to and fro about costs and what have you, which you have in any sort of deal like that. But, yeah, everyone wanted the same thing. And uh, it's just a matter of getting it right for everyone. And, and we did very quickly, uh, which was great for everyone. I suppose the, the, the next big question is, when are you going to be back there? <clears throat> well, we're hoping, <laughs> I mean, the snow in the last couple of days hasn't helped. <laughs> um, but we're hoping to be back there sort of mid-January. Um I think, I think from mid-January, I don't think we've got a scheduled home game until the first week of February. So it might be the beginning of February, um, as long as the weather doesn't, um, you know, play too much havoc between now and then. How hard has it been for you as a club not being able to be at home so far this season? Yeah, I, I, I don't think you can underestimate it. I think, you know, in, in any level of football, when you have your home pitch, it, it means something to you. You know, on, on the, it's part of your team talk. It's part of your supporters' day. You know, it's, it's part of everything. You know, when you've got your home ground, it's your fortress. It's where you love to be. You know, and it, it, yeah, you can't underestimate not being at your home ground. But having said that, Lords would have been absolutely brilliant for us. You know, it's, it's an old club of mine. I know everyone there, and you know, and, and we really, really do appreciate everything they've done for us. You know, and as far as giving us a home, which really was only going to be for a few weeks at the start of the season. Um, so for them to, you know, still entertain it, having us there at uh, Christmas time, that you know, they've been brilliant for us, you know, and we, we can't um, say enough good things about everyone at Lordswood. Uh, I mean, they're obviously your rivals as well. And I suppose the pair of you are in quite a unique situation geographically because of uh, obviously you've seen Chatham not too far away flying up the leagues and, and then you've got Gillingham a couple of leagues above who are having their own issues. Uh, how does that kind of fit into the future for Hollands and Blair? Do you think? Yeah, we want to be adventurous. You know, we we want to we want to be progress. Um, and, and one of the things that we, you know, probably not I wouldn't say holding us back, 
But when when you can't really see more than one or two seasons in front of you, it's hard to, you know, to to, to progress your football club on and off the pitch. But now we've got that stability off the pitch, we can now really try and um, and push on. You know, we, we want to be in the next league above. You know, you know, like you say, the likes of Chatham and Sheppey and Faversham and, and all these clubs are in the league above. They're, you know, there's no disrespect to anyone in our league because it's a tough league to be in, but them clubs that are in, in and around us in Kent, in that league, you know, I'm looking at the gates that they get. You know, there, there's some great crowds coming in to watch the, the local non-league teams now. And, you know, we want to be part of that. Um, you know, playing competitive games and, you know, bringing crowds into the ground and, you know, and, and seeing how we can challenge other clubs locally. I suppose part of that is, is, is getting yourselves back to Star Meadow because then people will know that that's where you are. Exactly that. Exactly that, yeah. So you, you can't underestimate having your, your home ground. You know, many teams over the years have, have ground shared and, and ground hopped and round for their own reasons and, and what have you. But I'm sure if every one of them you ask the question, you know, would they have their own ground? Would it make them stronger? I think everyone would agree and say, yes, you know, it does make you, as a club, makes you stronger. Um, it's, it's your ground. Yeah, it works at the highest level. <laughs> it'll work all the way down to our level, you know. Uh, on the pitch, it's not been a, a sparkling start to the season, I suppose, but I, I guess the uncertainty is kind of added to that. Yeah, I, I think sometimes you you don't think it's going to. I think you think that you, just because you're playing on another pitch that everything's going to be rosy. Um, but just going back on the, the sort of reasons I said earlier, I just I think it probably has affected the, the, the manager and the players a little bit more than we thought it would be. Uh, would do, sorry. Um, so yeah, it, you know. We haven't set the world alight, and I think Scott and the, and the players will be the first to tell you that. Um, but we've got, you know, he's, he's added to the squad in the last month, and uh, I think we're a little bit stronger now. Um, you know, with one or two wins pushes you. It's very tight in our league at the moment. You know, two or three wins gets you about four or five places up the league, i.e., you know, three or four losses gets you down the league as well. But, you know, we're still in two cup competitions, you know, so. Yeah, we just we just need to keep our head above water this season, you know, and, and, and get back to that ground and then we for next season. Obviously, had a great run in the Kent Senior Trophy last year, getting to the final, and I guess days like that are why people like yourself are involved in, in football clubs like Collins and Blair. Massively. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you go outside of Midwell and there's not a lot of people that have heard of our football club, you know. Um, but then last year, like you say, we were playing Shippey in a, in a Kent Senior Cup final down at Maidstone. And... Um, you know, and at one stage we were winning the game of football. <laughs> yeah, that we, you know, we didn't get the result that we wanted on the day, but you know, occasions like that put your football club on the map. Our main goal was to make sure that we were stable. We've done that. Now we want to push on. Yeah, and us as a committee, we talk about it a lot. Um, you know, and, and that, as a bare minimum for me, in, in two or three seasons, we want to be we want to be competing to get in the league above for sure. Yeah. Well, Matt, another dedicated man doing lots of work behind the scenes at a local scaffold club. Uh, and it's great news that they've secured their place to play going forward, isn't it? Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, we can see the relief on his um, on his voice there that they've got that for 10 years. What, what they can do, it brings the community together, it brings the academy together um, and puts them maybe a little bit on the in the spotlight in the in the Gillingham area that there's another club that people can go and watch. You know, Chatham are doing well, Lordswood are going to be there. I'm sure the extra thing it means you can uh, attract better players maybe get players on loan from some of the bigger clubs in the local area and, and go from there. And as he said, he thinks they can compete in the level above and maybe that's the uh, the spark that they need now going home. And 
as he said, selling a pl- selling a ground to somebody, looking around. This is our manner. We want to be successful. Must be so. It must be such a a boost for them, rather than you know ground sharing all the time. Even though you know he's very complimentary about um, their tenants at the moment, where they're sharing at the moment. But yeah, really, really good, nice story in this day and age. We don't really get nice stories, and you know, I was delighted for him. And, and, and as I say, the the pleasure in his voice was all just was cut was was plain to hear, plain to hear there. Yeah, I think it's all about stability. I think that's the key thing because you know it must have been hanging over the heads a little bit of you know, well, are we going to get this sorted? Yeah. Is it all going to come to fruition? And then that starts sleeping. And then obviously there's been this season they've had the, the delays with the 3G pitch going down, which means they are playing at Lordswood for the time being. And, and I suppose you know it does make it harder to attract players because players might be starting to think, well, we've seen clubs before who haven't got a home and the difficulties that they face. It kind of takes us back to Craig Wanderers a little bit. Yeah. And Craig have been very lucky to have been at Bromley for so long. But, you know, you, you might see clubs who think, well, actually, do you know the players who think, is this the right move for me at this at this time? So the fact they've got it all sorted is, is a huge relief, isn't it? Yeah, I think for everybody at the club, for the finances, you've got something to aim for now. Again, I don't think they're going to get promoted this season. I don't think they're going to get relegated, but they can put all their efforts in of just making sure that the ground's going to be OK. They can get back uh, and the future can hopefully be a bit brighter for them. I know they... I think they had Danny Kebble playing for them a couple of years ago. So they have got the ability to track, uh, to attract players. And now a lot of players in the in the Medway-Gillingham area, you think Hollands and Blair is the place to play if you're in the area. But I'm yeah, absolutely delighted for them. So, um, again, it puts the club on the map if they know they've got a location, which I think in this day and age, if you listen to this pod, you might not know where Hollands and Blair was because I know I didn't before I uh, we started doing this. Yeah, so if you're not sure where it is, if you drive along the A2 uh, through Gillingham, uh, on the left-hand side, there's a pub called The Star. And just behind that, uh, there is the uh, is, is the Star Meadow uh, Sports Complex, which is where Hollands and Blair will be playing. Uh, very interesting there when Paul said as well, you know, we kind of underestimated the impact that playing at Lordswood would have on, on us. Uh, and I think that's interesting. I mean, obviously, the pitches get a bit more wear and tear with two teams playing on it. But I think it was more just kind of, you know, it, it is a little bit difficult, and 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 I thought that was I thought that was a really interesting point. Actually, you know, you might look at it and think, well, you know, it's all right, but it obviously has been a bit of a struggle for them. Well, it must be great. You're not going somewhere that you can call your own. If you're going to a place which is not your own, you're not going to earn any money. You're just going to turn up there and play your games. You can't put a base down. Um, yeah, I, I think it must be that it's like anything in life. If you lose your you lose your house and you have to move. And you want to get back to where, you know, you had the good times and they've got to come back there. Let's hope they're going to be successful. Yeah. And obviously, as I kind of touched on there, the the, the big team in their town is not having the best of times at the moment. So, you know, it, it is Look a good show to, next year. Let's not talk about that um, <laughs> because it would be both hilarious and horrific at the same time. Uh, but anyway, um, but no, but, you, you know, the, I think people are becoming a little bit um disheartened by everything that's going on there. Chatham have certainly felt the benefits of it. And I think, you know, if, if you lived in that sort of area and you might think, well, I could go and pay 20 quid and watch that lot not score, or I could go and pay eight, nine pounds and go and watch Hollands and Blair, then I think that's going to start to become a more attractive proposition, isn't it? Well, again, if they can get, if they can get that right, market the club, you just get that feel-good local factor. There's no reason why they can't pick up other supporters. As people come a little bit disorientated or disinterested in uh, in football in uh, in the football league 
Yes, uh, this weekend in the scaffold, Canterbury at home to Beersted, Deal Town take on K Sports, it's Irith Town against Sutton Athletic, Fisher meet Phoenix Sports, Glebe take on Rustall, Holmesdale meet Punjab United, 2pm kickoff. Hollands and Blair are away to Kennington this weekend, Lordswood host Whitswell, another 2pm kickoff. It's Tunbridge Wells against Irith and Belvedere, Wellington host Stansfeld. Should really say all these games, uh, it's going to be cold again the weekend, so some of these pitches may still be frozen, so do keep an eye on social media just to make sure these games are going ahead. Uh, a I'd say of games... fair play to the sides that did get games out the like, like, weekend as well. Really good. Um, fantastic. For them. I know yeah, three, well, some of them have got 3G, but you know it's, it's the surrounding things as well, that, um, surrounding areas, so um, you know making sure that people get into the ground. So fair play to these clubs that, who've got those games on. Yeah, well done to all the clubs who called their games off in plenty of time as well. Uh, a couple of cl- games survived in Division 1. It was a day to remember for AFC Whiteleafs, Daniel Ajay, as he scored five of his side's goals in their 7-2 win at Bermondsey Town. Uh, just the one goal at Larkfield and New Hive, but their 1-0 win over Bryden Ropes took them level on points with Snodland at the top of the table. Uh, this weekend, Bryden Ropes host Bermondsey, Faversham strike to Strike force go to Croydon. It's FC Elmstead against Lidtown. Greenways host Meridian VP. Lewis and Borough against Tooting Beck. SC Thamesmead at home to Rochester United. Snodland Town take on Forest Hill Park. And it's Staplehurst Monarchs against Larkfield and New Hyde. Uh, goals galore for our National League teams this week too. Uh, Bromley drew 3-3 with Wildstone on Saturday. While Mainstone played twice. And lost 3-2 twice. Hakan Uretin laid into his players after the home loss to Altering on Saturday. And I can imagine he was hardly happier on Tuesday night when his side led in stoppage time at Dorking, but lost after two late headers from all five foot nine of former Stones man Bobby Joe Taylor. Uh, I think I'd read, Matt, two wins in 20, worrying times at the Gallagher. Yeah, and my concern is that he's digging out the players as well and a lot of times on this. Um, uh, I don't know. We've heard of things like Tom Hadler from, you know, hasn't been involved at all, not in the squad. The, constantly bringing goalkeepers in I don't know if, you know I'm only reading between the lines that maybe they're not so well and at some point if you're digging out the players the players will get a little bit upset with it so I, I saw the goals from um, talking yeah Bobby Joe Taylor gets his old club good player Bobby Joe Taylor but disappointing for, for Maidstone I think they're still outside the relegation zone but other teams have got games in hand haven't they that's the concern but and it's a big game in the trophy because that's a competition you would have thought that Maidstone would be this weekend would be looking to do well in because they've seen what Bromley have done and not all the big sides particularly take it too seriously. It's a kind of competition that Maidstone should be. It's a big game for them, I think, this weekend. Well, I think it's also a big game because they need a bloody win. That's the that's the most important thing. And, you know, you, you say looking at the league table, they've conceded 53 goals. Uh, in their 24 games, only Dorking have conceded more. They've conceded 54. And you say about chopping and changing the goalkeepers. So something isn't right there because while they keep changing all these goalkeepers, it's obviously not working. They need to find one and and, and just settle on it. And and Tom Hadler, as you mentioned there, surely he could be the man. He's, he's an experienced goalkeeper. Let, let him have a go at it. Um, yeah, I, I'm surprised. he's got, And he's gone with goalkeeper, you know, Samford was, you know, decent goalkeeper. He got injured and they got the guy from Norwich. He's clearly got some pedigree, but there's, there's something not right at Maidstone and I don't know what it is. He always seems to be under pressure, uh, Hacking Eretz, and he might get a couple of results and then he loses it. But I don't, I haven't really read anywhere that um, any of the fans want him out, is there? You haven't really seen that from that. But again, we've said before, as they got burnt before the owners, I don't think they would pull the bu- bullet on him because got burnt before with with Wheeler with Harry Wheeler. 
Yeah, it's it's a tough one, but I just think you know they have need seen, a win. Have you seen anywhere the fans want him out? I don't think we have, have we? I saw. Well, that's where I saw the two in twenty people oh, right, pointing so. out the 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 bad run of form that they're on. So you just kind of look at it and think, well, I don't know where it's going to pan, where it's going to go from here. But yeah, I would look at it and think that if they're still looking for a win the other side of Christmas or the other side of New Year, I suppose, then uh, it's all going to be very very. Oh, I don't know. It's it's just tough, isn't it? It's yeah. It's a tough, tough situation. Uh, only one league game for our sides to worry about this week. The FA Trophy on Saturday first. Uh, Bromley have got the utter delight of a trip to North Wales next Wednesday for a televised clash at Wrexham, three days before Christmas. Lucky, lucky them. Uh, before that, the FA Trophy for those two on Saturday. Maidstone are home to Worthing and the holders, Bromley, go to Bath. Four National League South fixtures survived. Uh, over the week on Saturday, Dartford held 0-0 at home by Bath. Tomage Angels had a shocker, losing 5-0 at home to Weymouth. Uh, on Tuesday night, Ebb Street lost 2-0 at home to Eastbourne, just their second league loss of the season. And then on Wednesday night, Dartford went down to Havant and Waterlooville and claimed an excellent 3-1 win to move up to second, uh, just behind Ebbsfleet in the league table. Uh, the one game this weekend, uh, Angels home game with Dover, which was supposed to be on Tuesday, will now take place on Saturday. Uh, Tuesday night, Ebbsfleet head to Chessant. Um, so as you're going to Folkestone, you're not making it to Longmead then Saturday? No, because I've been, the Folkestone game's been in the in the book for a couple of weeks. So, um, and uh, I asked them if they wanted me to know. So, um, I presume Matt Davison will do that as he was at the game last week. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Again, Dover not helping themselves. Chairman came out with a statement saying that get behind the team, we can get in the playoffs. I'll be amazed if Dover get anywhere near the playoffs. I'll leave it at that. Um, you weren't here, but um, obviously the FA Trophy was a massive disappointment. And, and I read something the other day um, where after the game, Hessen Tyler said it wasn't a priority. And, and, to, to me and, and everyone from the outside, it looked like it should have been a priority. And, and I guess that's, uh, I don't know what you were doing that Saturday in Qatar, but were you disappointed when that result came through? Uh, very, because we should have taken it seriously. So I don't know why Andy Santana said that, because we've been in the cups, we've been pretty dreadful. As I just said a couple of moments ago, it's a competition that none of the big, clients, big sides are looking at it. Hornchurch have won it in a league below what Dover are in. So, yeah. I was very, very frustrated, but I, I, I couldn't understand why Dover, well, he said it wasn't a priority because the league's not a priority because we're not going to get anywhere. Yeah, it's uh, not been the, exactly a, a riotous season for you so far, has it? But uh, I suppose you just move on. That's pretty much it for the football chat. Uh, I've just started watching, and this is how uh, out, of the t- out of time I am. I've just started watching The Pact, which finished about two weeks ago. Uh, but I watched the first one last night after work. It was very good. Uh, what's that about? I'm, I, again, I've not watched any television because I've been glued to the World Cup. Yeah, only pro, I've watched a couple of uh, Slow Horses, which is an Apple weekend. Apart from that, what's the pact about? So, well, it's the second series, but the first is a yeah. completely separate story from the first one. The first one um, was about someone got murdered and then they, in the end they ended up, someone took the... Um, someone who didn't do it took the blame it ended rubbish um but apparently this one is brilliant this this time so it's set in wales uh, and this time a boy's turned up well a man and has claimed to be um the son of this woman and that's what happened in the first episode and she says he's not his son and we don't know i mean obviously it's not like a father could say well i didn't know you were my son a mother would 
surely no. So yeah. uh, I don't know where it's going to go. But my mum and dad have watched it and they said it was really good and had a good end ending. So you know that's the that's the important thing, I suppose. So um, yes, yeah, so I've just started watching that. Well, there's a lot of stuff one, I've got to catch up on, but with but with the Christmas telly coming up, there's loads of programs I want to watch. So I'm probably going to miss loads of programs that have been decent from about. The, the, the autumn to the winter because World Cup and various things have gone on. So um, yeah, probably if if the weather turns a little bit bad, it's back to find something on the telly. But I say I've, I've absolutely loved the World Cup being on at seven o'clock in the evening when it, it's a different World Cup because normally you're out and you know drinking or whatever it is. But I think a winter World Cup has been absolutely fantastic. So um, well, you said that last week. You said that last week, and uh, long-term listener Trevor Nell replied on Twitter and said no to the winter world cups it shouldn't be in the winter so you know i don't i think you may be one of very few people well, yeah, who thinks that this from is from fantastic from I, I don't have view, from a point of view of not having to you know it's too cold to do anything and coming in and arguably i could watch football every day of the week but it's just a little bit different when you're watching belgium against canada it's just great isn't it yeah i suppose what would be really nice for you if you could get some sort of meals on wheel service and just have your, your food just whistle past you while you're sitting watching football yeah okay that's another thing as well not good for mine because I've been eating my dinner watching the telly as well and I hate doing that because it gives me terrible indigestion which is when you get to my age that's a bit of a nightmare but that's a different story oh granddad back to, back, tough, back, to normal, back to normal now right um yeah normal telly um resume get back into the routine but it's been a lovely getting out of the routine yeah um, I I've done my limited Christmas decorations uh I've blown up my inflatable father Christmas uh, and I've put what I described as my little Christmas tree with the hanging people on it. Uh, I described that and it, I was told it didn't sound particularly nice. Uh, but I've since provided pictorial evidence of this. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's OK. It's, it's got the seal of approval, which is the most important thing. Do you feel very Christmassy? Uh, do you know what? I'm getting there. And um, I think I'm, it's just tough because I'm working right up until I'm working till the 23rd. Um, I mean, I've even got. I'm doing Women's Champions League on Friday next week, but this weekend uh, I'm going to see the Women's lights. Champions League on the 23rd of Dece- November, December. Yeah, 22nd, Thursday mm. the 22nd, uh, and I'm going to see this weekend. Uh, I've been invited to go to the Bedgebury Pine Eaton Christmas Lights Trail. Oh, uh, which you're I think about that work actually. Apparently, that's very good. Yeah, I, I went a few years ago, but I, from what I've heard, it's a million times better than. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the company will certainly be a million times better as well. So I'm looking forward to that uh, on Sunday evening. There was a, a a slight concern when I realised it was the same day as the World Cup final, but uh, I would have gone and seen the lights anyway. Um, well, I, I did have a thing because I am going to see Father Christmas. I think it's two o'clock or half two on Sunday. And I got if England had got to the final, I would have been able to say thanks, Father Christmas. I'm not coming back. As England aren't in the final, so I, I will miss the first part of the World Cup final to say... Father Christmas, can I have some socks, please? Do you think um, this may be one of your last visits to Father Christmas? I, I'm thinking it could well be. And um, I think we're going on false pretenses because the person we're going for clearly probably know it's, it's, it's a ruse. But um, um, we're just keeping that a little bit of a, keeping it alive for one more year. Yeah, so you just have to sit down, Mrs. Gerard, and tell her between now yeah, and exactly. Christmas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, so we go there, but it could be that I, if he, I could be rushing in a lot of it because I want to get over and watch the football. Yeah, do you know what? It should be a good game, the final. Yeah, I yeah. think it was win? as lovely as it would have been for Morocco to to get through. I think France against Argentina has got 
all the makings of a classic final. And you just, I heard you say who's going to win and I genuinely don't know. And I'm giving up on making predictions. I've had a stinking World Cup predictions competition expertly run by Matt Davison. Uh, so I'm just going to leave it be and just say that I think it's going to be a very, very, very good game of football. Wouldn't and, it be uh, nice for Messi though, you think? Yeah, I suppose you know, he seems a nice bloke. When you compare him to, you know, Ronaldo, who's an absolute wally, um, you just think Messi, you know, I hope, I like, hope nice things happen to nice people. So, and France have won it before last time. So, I think it would be nice if Messi scored the winner or something like that and they won because I think that's a, a lovely story. If nice things happen to nice people, Gareth Southgate would be celebrating getting into the final now. Uh, and it's, you know, keep him as well. Talking well, that's the thing. I, I, talking of of England, I thought I thought they played very well on Saturday. I thought they were unlucky. I thought the ref was terrible. I mean, we all know that. And if someone said to me right now, "Do you want Gareth Southgate to stay?" I genuinely don't know the answer. I I, I think he's done a great job, but I can see the limitations that we have under him. But and and all this of the it should be an English manager. I kind of agree with that, but I also look at it and think if it's a manager who knows as managed in England, like Tuchel, for example, I think he would be the best option uh, if Southgate were to go. And it doesn't. And I guess Sven Joran Eriksson and Fabio Capello were probably a different kettle of fish because they'd never managed in the Premier League and they just came in as, as that sort of thing. But if it's a manager who's managed in the Premier League and obviously enjoys English style of football, then I, I, I think that's a slightly different thing. But I genuinely don't know. I, I you think, think a lot of me saying Southgate should stay. I don't think he will, but I think I think he should. Yeah. Everybody sort of again, I will be we'll be the favourites for twenty well the Euros in twenty twenty four. But you know, other teams will be better as well. So there's no guarantee and all these years that we you know we haven't won anything, Miraculously's not going to start again when we've got some good players, which clearly we have, but everybody else will get better. So um yeah, it's I think an Southgate just one. shows his limitations, and and you know, yeah, yeah, sometimes, yeah. yeah. I, I don't, I've never Raheem, Raheem Sterling has never performed for England, yet he's always one of the first names on the team sheet. You know, he went on quite early on on Saturday night when we needed something to happen. You know, and I just, and and it's that kind of thing where I look at it and think, could we do better than Southgate? But then on the flip side of that, you know, you look at where the team was when Southgate took over, it was nowhere near as good as it was. No. If you think of Euro 2016, we were appalling. Yeah. And now we're um, one of the best teams in the world. We've got exciting young players. They, they all seem like a good bunch of blokes. I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the show last week, but someone was saying, uh, who was it? I read an interview uh, with Dean Ashton and he got called up for England and he said it was horrible because the the players were all just divided because they all play for different clubs and the rival clubs and everything like that. But that doesn't seem the case anymore now. And I think that's a, a, a really, you know, sort of key thing. Um and I, I, yeah, it's it's fifty fifty for me. You know, if you wanted to stay, I don't think I'd be screaming off the balcony that he should go. Um, but if you if you were to move on, then I think we should just say thank you for a, a, a job well done, Gareth. Well, just in the, the mainstream media, you know, after they 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 were really going for him, weren't they? After they lost four 0 to Hungary and then lost Italy away or something, where they were really gunning for him. But now they seem to be um, liking him because he's probably isn't it again? So be interesting so the media are on his side which probably points to the direction that he will probably stay yes well we shall see that's my statement yep 
we shall see what happens in the coming weeks. Uh, we have gone on for long enough uh, yeah. on this week's show. Hope that you've enjoyed it. I did say we'd cobble it together. It's been all right, I think. You can find us on Twitter. We're at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook as well. Search for Kent Nolly Podcast. Uh, I'm on Twitter at John Phipps 81 Normally just posting about trains these days. Uh, and Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, as always, we'd love to hear from anybody who's got anything you want to say. Let us know what's going on at your clubs ahead of the busy Christmas period. Uh, we will have one more show for you before the big fella comes down the chimney, which will be next week. Uh, thanks to all three of our guests for their time this week. Uh, thanks to Matt as well for giving up his uh, late Wednesday evening. And of course, the biggest thank you is to every single one of you for listening to this week's show. And we will speak to you all next week on the Kent Ollie podcast. Back to reality in a great November and December. <laughs>